Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Well, good morning. It's Palm Sunday here as you've got our palm branches hanging out. And uh, this is a date on the church calendar that we have set aside to celebrate. We have already heard from some of our families the story of the triumphal entry and Jesus coming into Jerusalem. My my Bible has a heading that says, Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. And so you have this day that we have set aside for celebration, the crowds shouting and singing Hosanna to the son of David. And it's this, this day on our church calendar that we, that we pause and we remember the triumph of Jesus as he came into Jerusalem as king and the people celebrated him. But this week, um, on, on Tuesday this week, I was out we were getting some some takeout for lunch because we were trying to support some of our local restaurants around the area and i i went into the restaurant and i picked up picked up our food and this is a place that sometimes i go pretty often to meet people for lunch there sometimes and it's usually pretty crowded at lunchtime and here it was in the middle of lunch rush hour and and it was just empty inside and you probably have had similar experiences if you're going out places where places that you normally see are full are are not anymore. And so I was asking the the woman there, I mean the the kitchen was pretty empty. I was asking her, you know, how her business was doing and she said it's it's down. It's she said they're only pulling in about 30 to 40% of of what they're normally doing. And then I get back in the car and I'm listening to the radio and they're they're giving some news updates on on what's happening around the world, and you're just hearing numbers and stories after story of of just heartbreak and and these numbers of people who are are sick and people who are losing their lives, and hearing countries that I had never even heard of on the on the scale of of what's being reported are now reporting, and it's just I I had this incredible moment of sadness as I'm driving home with my lunch and and just the heartbreak that is happening in our world right now and and at the same time I'm thinking this week of of Palm Sunday and this day of celebration and this day of joy and yet I am feeling and experiencing and feeling the weight of of this sadness, the crowds singing Hosanna, and yet our world is is hurting, and and we are hurting. And many of you are experiencing this, and I'm sure some of you had moments like that this week where you are just struck by how difficult this whole situation is, and how unprecedented it is, and how um, how hard it is. It's as you're dealing with. Uh, kids at home that aren't you're not used to being home and and trying to manage work schedules and homeschooling schedules and you're perhaps working from home as well and or or you're not working at all or you you've been retired but you can't really go out and there's this fear in our world of of what is going to happen and 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 what 
the the consequences of this this virus that's going around, how it's impacted all of our lives, and and we feel the the grief and the sorrow. And so I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, how am I going to talk about Palm Sunday and this day of celebration in this time where we, as a as a society, as a world, are experiencing such grief? And then, as as I'm looking at these passages, I come across. Luke's version of the Palm Sunday story. And we read part of this already. We had part of this read to us. And listen to, listen to how Luke tells the story. He says, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And then this in verse 41 of Luke chapter 19. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and the crowds are singing and worshiping, and the celebration is happening. They're shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Jesus is weeping. Jesus, it, as, as I've heard this story before, and I, I've seen pictures of this, I remember seeing pictures of this, and I, I did a quick Google search of this again this week. And in, in all the depictions of this, this event, Jesus weeping, Almost all of them, rather. It's a picture of Jesus off to the side by himself, maybe a few of his disciples around him. But it's, it's Jesus off in a solitary place. But the way that Luke tells this story is that as the crowds are shouting and exclaiming and the, the Pharisees have just told Jesus to tell the disciples to be quiet, and Jesus says, absolutely not. If they are quiet, the stones will cry out. In the middle of all of this, while the people are celebrating, Jesus is weeping. Jesus, who who knows where the story is going. Jesus, who knows all that is going to happen to him this week. Who knows the sorrow that is to come in this week, but also the joy of the resurrection that we'll celebrate next Sunday. He knows it all. He knows that there is hope at the end of this. And yet as he sees and foresees the destruction that will come upon the city of Jerusalem, he sees and foresees the rejection that he is going to experience and the way in which the people of Israel will will turn from him. He weeps. And I think this is important for us to, to remember that while, that here as Jesus, uh, as others are celebrating, Jesus is weeping, we're reminded 
And something that we'll see again and again is that the Christian story is not one that just pretends like everything is okay. It's not one that just says, if we just think positively about it, we'll see the silver lining on every gray cloud. And, and if it's not that there's, there's no evil in the world and, and it's just, we just have to think positively about it. The Christian story reminds us and tells us, and this week particularly reminds us and tells us that there are things that are wrong with our world. That there is evil in our world. That there are things that are fundamentally wrong and they need a solution. This is what Jesus, this week, is all about for Jesus. Coming and bringing a solution to things that are wrong. And so as others are celebrating, Jesus weeps because he knows that there will be heartbreak even in the midst of the hope that he is bringing. And this is even reflected in in the song that the people are singing as they shout Hosanna to the son of David. This word Hosanna comes from, this, this phrase comes from Psalm 118. And in Psalm 118, this psalm is a psalm of triumph, specifically a triumph of the king coming to Jerusalem. And there's this, this would have been used in the worship of the people as they're coming into Jerusalem, proclaiming God's victory, proclaiming God's triumph. And so they're singing this song about Jesus. They're singing this song that is, that is showing Christ's triumph and showing the triumph of God over Israel's enemies. But this psalm, these words that they're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, come from Psalm 118. And actually, the words here in Psalm 118, verse 25, it says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This word Hosanna means save now or save indeed. And, and behind that word, in the midst of the triumph and the celebration of God's salvation coming, there is a reminder again of a need for salvation. Save now means that there is something that we need to be saved from. It's a reminder that things are not the way they are supposed to be. That there is heartache in our world. And that this heartache and this sin and this brokenness that exists in our world is not part of God's final plan for creation. And so the announcement in the song and the celebration of save now directed toward Jesus as the one who is going to save, the one on whom they're putting their hopes is a reminder also that they are a people in need of salvation. This is why they're so excited about him because they think he's going to be the one to bring their salvation and so they shout and they proclaim lord save now they sing the psalms of victory understanding that jesus is going to be the one to set things right and the story goes on we know we'll look at this week that that the way in which jesus is doing that is not the way that they expected it and in fact jesus in just another chapter from this in in luke tells a parable and he tells a parable about his own rejection that is to come. He tells a parable about the leaders of the people who are rejecting what God was doing in the world. 
and were rejecting the prophets that were being sent to Israel time after time. And he, and he finishes and he quotes the same Psalm, Psalm 118, but he's not quoting the verse that says, Lord save us. He's not quoting the, the Psalms of praise and, and salvation. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. What Jesus quotes about himself comes just a few verses earlier in Psalm 118 in verse 22. Jesus says this about himself. He says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the part of the psalm that Jesus quotes. This is the part of the psalm that Jesus places upon himself and understands about what is about to happen in his ministry. While the people are celebrating, Jesus understands that that for God's victory to come, it's going to involve his own rejection, that he is the stone rejected by the builders, rejected by the people who will soon become the cornerstone. And this psalm is talking about the, for, for David. David is the one who was rejected, the one who was pursued by Saul, the one who was an outcast for so long has now become king. And Jesus interprets that psalm and, and places it upon himself and, and tells the people that in order for this work to happen, it's going to involve my rejection. The one who is sent to you will be rejection, rejected. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And this passage becomes foundational for the story of Christ becomes foundational for the story of the Christians that came from this ministry of Jesus. And so later, Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 will take this imagery and he says this in, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And then in verse 19, he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And then Peter, the very Peter who in just a few days would be the one as he sees the rejection of Christ, as he sees the suffering that Christ is experiencing, says, I don't want any part of that. And when the, the crowd and the people at, around the fire say to him, surely you were one of his disciples. Surely you were with him. He says, no, not me. Not me. This Peter says this in First Peter chapter 2. He says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house 
to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. These words of Paul and Peter offer us hope as a church that Christ was the cornerstone on which was built us, his church, and which is continually being built on Christ. The one who is rejected has become this foundational stone on which we, his body, are being built into a building. And I think this is especially hopeful for us as a church as we are, uh, I mean, I'm in this building by myself, but no one else is here in this building. And a reminder for us as a church that, that the building that is being built on Christ has nothing to do with, with the walls in which we gather. But it has to do with the people who are being formed by the work of Christ. And that even though we are separated even though we are distant from one another, that he is still continuing to build in us and through us this building of the church. God is building not a place, but a people that is built on the cornerstone of Christ. God is still working in and through us not in spite of our hardship, not in spite of our sadness and grief, not in spite of our anger and frustration, but through it and with it and in it, God is working in us. You and I may be distant from one another, but we are still his building. We are still formed as his people. And why? Why does Peter say that we are being formed as his people? He says, you, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And acknowledges again that the darkness that exists in our world, the consequences of sin that are all around us. But we have been chosen as a people and called as a people to be a people who proclaim his praises. To proclaim Hosanna in all of its forms, in the, in the celebratory form Hosanna to the son of David, the one who has come to save, but also as a lament, as a cry for salvation 
looking to God to be the one to bring us hope. We sing and proclaim his praises as a people of God, acknowledging the one who has saved, crying out to him in our fear and in our grief, directing our praises to him, but also our concerns, trusting in him, all our sins and grief to bear, that we proclaim both the praise and the lament. And this is a week, this is a week as a church that leads us towards celebration, but not before we get to grief. That the, the beauty of Easter has to pass through the work of the cross on Good Friday. And the work of the cross is necessary because of our sin, because of your sin, because of my sin. And so a week that reminds us of the consequences of what we have done wrong. There is joy in knowing that there is salvation on the other end of it, but it also requires us to remember our sins and the weight of our sins. This week, of all weeks invites us to hold both sorrow and joy to celebrate on palm sunday hosanna to the son of david but also to weep along with jesus the consequences of our sins and perhaps for you this week this week holds more sorrow than joy perhaps as you sing hosanna this week it's, it's more lament and it's really hard for you to bring out the joyful celebration. And that's okay. God is okay with that. The Psalms are full of Psalm after Psalm of God's people crying out to Him, looking for hope. And God is okay with that. In fact, God longs for us to bring our sorrows and our grief to Him rather than to take them out on one another. He's looking for that. And the story of scripture invites us to that. And perhaps this week for you is, is more celebration and joy. And God is great with that too. And our world needs that. So this week as a family, this week as a church family, this week with maybe on a Zoom call with a friend, maybe, uh, just with a, with a neighbor across the fence, six feet apart, whoever it is that you can be with this week. But I would encourage you even today to take time to proclaim Hosanna to the Son of David and find ways to proclaim that as a joy and a celebration of the one who is bringing hope to you and to our world, but also to find ways to bring your sorrow and your grief to him and and shout and to proclaim Hosanna, Lord, save. The invitation this week is to hold both our grief and our joy. This is what Palm Sunday is about. It's about the celebration of the king. But a king who was rejected, who would be rejected, But in his rejection, this cornerstone 
has become the foundation for the building of us, the body, the church. And as we, the church, proclaim his praises and proclaim his salvation to our world, may we be a people who celebrate, who know that God can bring us joy even in the midst of our pain. May you this week proclaim Hosanna. Let's pray. God, we uh, we know that you are a good God, a God who sees us and who knows us. We know that you are a God who sees the weight of our sin, who sees the consequences of our sin and does not stay distant, but has chosen to come and take those consequences upon yourself. God, we worship you and we praise you knowing that you are the God who saves. May we be a people who proclaim that salvation this week. Amen.